First of all, I just really want to say how much I feel a lot of love here. You know, it's not too often that we were talking about it at dinner earlier. Like where I go to a community and I'm not just speaking to like a crowd that's just not responding. You know what I'm saying? But like you guys are responding to me. You guys are showing me love. So it's like as I'm trying to quote unquote speak to you guys, you guys are the one blessing me. You know what I'm saying? So I really feel like God's love has always been here, but I just really sense it in your guys' lives, just manifesting. And it's beautiful, you know, and I feel so honored and privileged to be speaking with Andre and to just, get, you know, to get to know his family. And I'm pretty cool with the son now, too, you know. We just chill and joke around, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I really appreciate Rod and, and Eileen, and it's been a real honor for me to be able to be part of this conference when I just arrived from the Philippines. You know, I'm hoping that this will keep going, that there's going to be a momentum that's going to be happening with this message, right? And it will be seen through the lives that are going to be transformed. But I'm going to share, you know, I hope you guys were blessed from the, the message that I shared, not this morning, but earlier this afternoon. And one of the thoughts that went on in my mind, as Rod was sharing about this journey that we're all going through, including myself, how many of you have read The Shack? Thank everybody, right? Let me remind you of one of my favorite quotes from the shack. And it's when the protagonist goes up to Jesus. And then he says, so do all roads lead to you? You guys remember that quote? And what did Jesus say? He says, not at all. He says, some roads don't lead anywhere. What I'm saying is this, I will travel any road to find you. I'm telling no matter where you're at right now on your journey, even if you're thinking confused, God is here. God's not just there, God's not just here, but He's everywhere and He's in you. And one of my favorite quotes is from a poet. And he said this, I laugh whenever I hear that the fish in the water is thirsty. I laugh whenever I hear that the fish in the water is thirsty. And I think about them, that my whole journey, man, like for the majority of my life, like many Christians can relate to this, where here we are trying to seek the God out there, trying to find Him. I laugh when I hear that the fish in the water is thirsty. God is a lot closer to you than you think. A lot closer to you than you think. And what we don't need, I'm sorry to say, is that we don't need a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit, as many revivalists say, although they're sincere. We do not need a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What we need is a greater awakening of what we already have and who we already are in Christ. You guys with me? Now here's the problem. Actually, here's a good part I mean. The mystery, as Andre was saying, has been revealed. That it's Christ in you. In you. And in you. Especially you. <laughs> oh, man. Christ in you. And in every single person in this world that don't even claim to be Christians, okay? I know this is a stretch. Christ in them, the hope of glory. 
which is good news for the whole world. The Bible says in Colossians that we are now hidden with Christ in God. But here's the problem. We've forgotten who we are. So my question to you tonight is this, who are you? Or even a better question in this whole individualism that we see in America, who are we? Who are we? How many of you folks have ever felt, and of course I know the answer, so it's kind of a rhetorical question, right? How many of you have ever felt like a failure? You don't have to raise your hands. How many of you have ever felt stupid? How many of you have ever felt ugly? How many of you have ever felt poor? Now here's the interesting thing is, folks, once you start to believe those things, what does that do to you psychologically? When you start to identify with those labels, not just those labels, but those feelings that we've been called for some of our life, or even most of our life, maybe from our, even from our own family, where we have this insecurity, where we start finding our identity in these names. Now, I want you to think about what many churches have preached. I've been taught that we are nothing but filthy, corrupt, wretched sinners, unworthy, and there is nothing good in me. Maybe you don't hear that, but I have. Now, I want you to think about that, folks. A church, many churches preach that kind of message because they want you to feel like crap. I want you to imagine your own child saying that, those things about him or herself. Where you walk in the room and then you hear them talking to God saying, I'm nothing. I'm unworthy. I'm filthy. I'm corrupt. And there's no good in me. What's even more scary is that if you were to find your child saying those things, and when they even start to believe it, how do you think that's going to affect the child? And if the child starts to believe those things, how do you think they're going to grow up to be like? <laughs> now here's the disgusting part. Many Christians think that that mentality is a good thing. Could you believe that? Many Christians think <laughs> that that's a good and pious thing to say about yourself, to view yourself like that. Folks, what you believe and what you perceive, you will experience. Wow. What you believe and what you perceive, you will experience. Now let me clarify. What you believe and what you perceive about yourself may not necessarily be true, but it will be your reality. Yeah, I'll say that again. What you believe and what you perceive about yourself may not necessarily be true, but it will be your reality. The Bible says in Proverbs that as a man thinketh, I'm speaking old school, <laughs> so is he. As a man thinketh, so is he. Earl Nightingale, an author, once said this, you become what you think about most of the time. So if you think that you're poor, that you're a failure, that you're stupid, that you're inadequate, 
guess what your life's going to be like? We've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten who we are. As Christ is, so are we in this world. It's not when you stink and die. As Christ is, so are we in this world. Who are you now? Even before you believe. Even before you believe. What you believe and what you perceive, you will experience, you will live out. Now I'm going to get kind of cheesy here. <laughs> I love my wife. I want you to imagine now, for, for those of us who are married or you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, we have those moments. And I even seen it in the Rabbis, just them feeding each other earlier. <laughs> Some of us, we have these moments in our relationship in marriage where I could just look at my wife, right? My beautiful wife who's looking silly now, right? Don't we have those moment, men, or even women, where you look at your spouse, the one that you love, and you look at them straight in the eye, and you can see their value and their worth. You don't even have to say a word. But here, what's, here's what's even more powerful, is that when you look into the one that you love, into their eyes, and then they look into yours, and they could see in your eyes the value and the worth that they have. Now here's a question. If that's the case, how does God see you now? But more importantly, do you see what God sees? Do you see what God sees? Now let me tell you the truth again. What many people try to do, especially within religion and within our ego, our collective thoughts that tell us all these things about ourselves that are so negative, we've been taught that you have to do things in order to become. We've even been taught that you have to believe in order to become. That's right. right. But let me tell you the truth, folks, right now. You don't have to do anything in order to be somebody. You are somebody. I'm not even going to tell you how to become free. You are free. Now. You see what I'm saying? I'm not here to give you a new teaching to set you free. You are free. I'm not here to teach you or to tell you how to become holy. You are holy. <laughs> I'm not here to teach you how to become righteous. You are righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. You don't become good by trying to become good, folks. But by recognizing the goodness that's already in you and allowing that goodness to emerge and to manifest in your life. You are good people. That's why you were so valuable to the Father, Son, and the Spirit. That He was willing to lay down His life now to appease the Father because you were that valuable to Him, to them. <laughs> now, one of the biggest lies that a lot of us have been taught in the church, folks, is this whole lie of separation. I still hear it nowadays in many churches. Where God is over here and we're over here because of this barrier of sin and then all of a sudden you got to go through all these hoops to get to God. How many of you guys have heard that before? Okay, I won't mention the names of the booklets, okay? But we've seen those booklets, right? God's here, you're here. <laughs> 
and then there's this huge chasm. And then because God's so nice, he puts a cross right in the middle, and that's his son, his death on the cross. But the problem is that you're still separated from God. So what you have to do in order to get over there, and it's because you're so filthy and dirty, God has a sick stomach. He's too weak. He can't look at you, which is weird because his son became sin. <laughs> so you have to take all of these steps. You have to acknowledge, then you confess, and then you repent, and then you get to God. Folks, that is a lie. That is a lie. Let me ask you a simple question. Can you be in a place where God is not? How can you be separated from God? Folks, this is not Christian teaching. This is pagan. This is Greek. This is a dualistic thinking that we've developed that we've embraced in the West where we always had this good-bad mentality. God, devil, heaven, hell. You know what I'm saying? If God is omnipresent, how can you be separated from God? It's such a silly thing that we've, we've embraced this in our evangelism. That you put God out there. Then you have to do all these steps to get to Him. You have to invite Him into your heart as though He's not already there. Folks, this whole idea of man being separated from God is the ultimate dualism of separating God from humanity. God is everywhere. Everywhere. Even in your hell, as he was, Andre was saying, even in your hell, he is there. That's why he's able to identify with you. Isn't that just bad news that even in your hell and in your sin, God's not there? That's the one we would need him the most. And as Andre was saying earlier about that's why he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because now he could identify with you. He says, I understand you. Because we've all felt forsaken, all of us, including myself. Folks, the gospel begins with union not separation <laughs> there's no good news telling somebody you're far away from god now here's a couple of steps on how to get to him the good news is already tell him that he's already there he's already in your heart which is why you even got to that point of experiencing and wanting him to come into your heart whatever that means and that's why one of my favorite quotes is from a is from a poet named khalil gibran okay and one of my favorite quotes goes from, is like this. When you love, do not say that God is in my heart, but rather say that I am in the heart of God. Because love pursues you first. God pursued you first before you even tried to pursue Him. Before you even tried to find Him, He found you. And His whole journey is not about trying to get closer to God. The Bible says that you've been seated at the right hand of the Father. How close do you want to get? And it's these lies of separation that I was talking about earlier, which creates so much evil in this world. Folks, can you admit, if you are, when you feel separated from God and from people, or when you feel abandoned, what do we do when we feel alone? Stupid things. <laughs> Do you realize that, folks? 
What we're doing when we're teaching these lies and telling people that they're far from God is that you're making them worse. <laughs> you're, letting them loan that, you're letting them think that everybody has abandoned them, including God, because of their sin. Folks, sin cannot separate you from God. You know why? Because His love is greater. His love is greater than your sin. You're not that powerful as you think when it comes in that sense. Oh man, God's a good God. <laughs> now, I was mentioning earlier, folks, if you remember, I was talking about that this cosmic Christ who's all over the world. Even if people are not preaching the radical grace message, whatever that means. God is there in Africa. God is there in China. God is there in Korea. God is there in the Philippines. God is here in America. He is not far from anybody. The Christ is there. And what God has done, as we mentioned earlier, is that there is this perichoresis where He invites you into this dance between the Father, Son, and the Spirit where there's this interpenetration that now we are now in Christ and we are in Him and He is in His Father and they are now one and we are one with them. It's beautiful. The early church, believe it or not, this might trip some people out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they believed, many church fathers, it was widely accepted. They believed in something called uh, deification. You guys know that, right? Or theosis. What does that mean? They did, several of them. If you want to just get the gist of what they're saying, several of them have said this, God became man so that man might become God. Hmm. So what is this stuff? I'm unworthy. <laughs> unworthy. Now, I'm not here to debate what does that mean. So whatever that means, wherever you want to draw the line of how we're like God, we cannot deny the fact that the Bible talks about that we are made in His image and in His likeness. That we are partakers of the divine nature where we share in this life with the Trinity. Folks, if you are feeling poor, if you remember that you're within this embrace of the Father, Son, and the Spirit where there is no lack whatsoever, and you're included in that circle where there's no lack, then there's no lack. Folks, renew our minds. Let's renew our minds about this awakening of being aware of the truth of the reality and not focusing on what we see. When you look at your stinking wallet and it's empty, <laughs> that could be scary. But when you know that your abundance and your source, and I could ask you, where did you come from? Where does money come from? Where does this world come from? It all comes from the same source. It comes from God. So you have nothing to fear. That He is your abundance. He is our identity. And if we can identify ourselves with Christ, of knowing that as Christ is, so are we. That we are now hidden in Him. You have nothing to be afraid. He created you within Himself, so to speak, because He cannot create you from outside. <laughs> as if you could exist on your own. But as Colossians says, that in Him all things were created in Him and for Him, by Him, and all things are held together by Him. We're all in God. And that's why I find it so silly when people pray to the God out there, like He's some distant God in the sky. I'm telling you, if, if our eyes could be open to the truth that wherever you see, you could find God. Wherever you look, you could find God.
Even when you look at people who you hate, you could find God in them, just like Paul. When it was revealed that the Son was already in him when he was doing those stupid things. I'm telling you, you can get people to see who they are and the goodness that is already in them instead of trying to change them to become good and pointing out what's already in them. That's what changes them. Because they start to identify of who they already are. It's not what you do that determines who you are. It's who you are that determines what you do. You're righteous, folks. You're blessed. You don't have to become blessed. You're blessed. Don't focus on trying to get healed. You're healed. It's the renewing of the mind, folks. And I know it can be a journey. And my Jesus, too. <laughs> Our Jesus. This is what we could say, folks. Let's get rid of the language of my God. It's our God. Our God. Not my God versus your religion. God, it's God. There's only one God. There's no such thing as those other religions worshiping false gods. There's no such thing. There's only one God who has revealed himself to different people all over the world. And we're all trying to figure it out. But we need to keep in mind that we are so powerful, folks, that we are co-creators with God. Don't be afraid of the new, new Age language, okay? A lot of New Agers got this a lot better than Christians, folks. Don't be afraid. You are co-creators with God. We are joint heirs with Christ. I'm telling you, you have so much dominion and authority to make things happen. You don't have to predict the future. You can make the future happen. You can create the future. And I'm telling you, there's too many Christians sitting on their butts praying to God out there, trying to get God to do stuff. When the Bible says that we are not the body of Christians, we're called the body of Christ. We are His hands. We are His feet. We are His mouth. Go. Some people are telling me they want to go to the Philippines. Go. You are His mouth. You are His voice. You are His love. We are the body of Christ. Don't be afraid to dream. Whatever is on your heart, whatever you can see in your mind's eye, it is done. It is done. Don't focus on what you see, the Bible says, but focus on that which is unseen. Because believe it or not, that could even be more real. <laughs> it's the joy of the Lord. And folks, I don't want to keep this too long because I'd like for us to do a Q&A and Andre did such a good job and might have stirred up some stuff in you, I don't know, <laughs> right? But we want to answer a couple of questions, okay? Is that okay? So Andre, please join me. <laughs> Let's give it up for Andre, man. 